Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of Hunt Hard Talk Free, and I've got uh, TV host Mark Skage of Stardom Young with us today, and we're going to talk a little bit about his program. So, yeah. thank Please. you very much for, for joining us today, Mark. Pleased to be here. And uh, tell me a bit about your show. Uh, it, I guess we started roughly three years ago. Um, I was given the opportunity um, to create a show. So I thought, what did I want to do? What was closest to my heart? I knew I wanted to do something a little different than what I'd seen. Uh, probably like a lot of folks, I watched hunting shows since I was just a wee lad. I can remember on Saturday mornings, we'd go to the Blockbuster video and rent a new hunting, usually by Jim Shockey. Yep. Yep. Got to see his newest, and so that was always exciting. But Yeah, so I knew I wanted to do something just a little bit different, and... Uh, one of the things that was near and dear to my heart was um, having my youngster, my little guy, Micah James, in the woods. So uh, that changed my life, and that's what I want to base my show around, is getting young people in the outdoors. Um, <clears throat> I see in our world a real need for youngsters in the outdoors. I see positive things. So that's, yeah, that was the inception of the show, was getting kids out and teaching them what we can about um you know taking care of themselves in the wilderness taking care of the wilderness itself um yeah just how to you know respect what we're doing out there and why we do that firearm safety is super important all those things that i think we some of us I, i wouldn't say all of us but some of us learn at an early age and maybe take for granted a little bit right so i think we need to pass that stuff on and you know help bring up this next generation and you know not only that but i'm hoping to inspire other people to get their young people out there right and get people excited again about being out there and you know show them that it's okay to take these youngsters out sometimes that's the most fun you're ever going to have getting a critter or not but seeing that young person have a good time out there right yeah yeah. I had a customer in yesterday that had to bring everybody in to show us a video of his, I think she's 10, 10-year-old daughter bugling in an, <clears throat> excuse me, bugling in an elk that he gave her um, a cow call and said, you do it because he, he did a bugle and it returned the bugle and yeah. he said, okay, it's up to you. Just, just get chirping on that thing and let's see what happens. And a bull elk came within about 10 yards of them and they were behind a big pine tree yeah. and then it stepped around the side and he didn't have his gun up or anything. He just let her call it in. <laughs> it saw them and it kind of spooked and ran away and then he takes his phone back on her and she's like, did you see that? And just to see that excitement of her being able to talk to this thing and pull it in and <clears throat> was absolutely amazing. Seeing that right there, what you described, that's exactly, that's the whole goal. That's what I want to capture. Yeah. <clears throat> Those moments, that excitement. Yeah. You think even for that young lady, you know, that the fire that that is going to ignite in her, right? You try and keep her from, from going elk hunting yeah. now forever. Yeah. Like, well, she, <clears throat> he said, she, when, when I brought her home, she said, Mom, I don't know if I'll be coming home tonight because <laughs> she was just, I, I got to go back hunting. She just wanted to be out in the bush. And she's yeah. like, what'd you do to our daughter? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I And I love those moments. And, you know, you hear about them all the time. And, yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. That, man. And even, so, you know, you like I say, you think of the fire that that ignited in that young lady, mm-hmm. right? I know exactly. I haven't even met this fella yet. I know exactly what that did 
for him as a dad. For him as a dad. Yeah. Right. I get it. Like, and you're gonna, man. He'll, <clears throat> he'll want to do that forever. He'll, he'll keep trying to think of things to show her to yeah. do with her now. Like, it. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Well, and the neat thing was is because of his phone, he said, "Check this out." So I can go back because. And he went back seven years or something in his videos. He says, look, here's the same spot with my son seven years ago shooting his first bull elk. Now that's special. And so he ended up showing us three different videos of three of his kids. Because he's like, check this out. Because we're all there now. Well, look at... And, and it was all about get the kids out there. And Man. she called in an elk. He shot an elk. Here's my other daughter. She fell asleep in the, in the crotch of this tree. And I'm filming her. And like, it just the memories it brought back that those kids will now always have too, right? Oh, that's... Oh. Yeah. No. It's yeah. as good as it gets. I, shucks, that gets me right now. <laughs> Feels there, not going to lie. Because that, that's, man. It, and that just reaffirms that I know there's people out there that when they see what we're doing or hear what we're doing, like those people get it, right? Because yep. it's, yeah. 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 Yeah, super, super cool. So tell me a bit about how did you get into a TV show? Like, did you have any background in it or was it just through people you know? How, how did this come about? Well, shucks, I... I guess, well, I've never really been, you know, on TV, on TV. I, I've had a few things happen in my life that maybe pushed me a bit in that direction. Um, one of them, we, me and a couple of buddies were actually wanted because, I mean, shucks, how many outdoors guys don't ever dream about having their own show, yeah. right? Yeah. We all, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. So we were going to start our own and we kind of started and started filming and, then you get to the spot where people want money. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you yep. go, huh, well, uh, and now man, how's that, how's that go, right? And yeah. You start looking at the cost and then you realize the vast, holy moly, and try and talk to guys. and Yeah, so that was pretty daunting, so we kind of stalled a bit there. But, you know, and then would have been a couple years after that, and I had, uh, I should back up a second and say that I'm really really fortunate to have the people that I have in my corner. Um, I've learned over the years here, I got a lot of folks that they seem to really believe in me and I'm, I'm pretty lucky that way. Um, hopefully I do them proud through all the stuff. So one of the things that I got a phone call, many phone calls, I guess, <clears throat> was, do you remember when uh, Man Tracker, they were looking for his replacement? Yep. Right? Yep. So, I was inundated with friends messaging and calling saying, look, you have to do this. Like you're the guy. <laughs> and I went, wow, really? Like I, you know, I wasn't on TV. I wasn't, yeah, shucks. I, I don't know. But if you're looking for, you know, cowboy that can track and do, yeah, shucks. I, I reckon I'm the guy. Right. Yep. So we did that and yeah, I was one of their finalists. Right. So that felt pretty cool, you yep. know, especially when they look at everybody from one side of Canada to the other and be in that little group of folks that they thought was, you know, potential. So then, uh, yeah, so there was that. And then I got a phone call from a good friend of mine, actually in Fort St. John here, uh, Ralph McAllister. He said, you know what, Mark, I just seen on Wild TV, there's a show and they're looking for a host. You got to do that. Wow, shucks, I don't know. Wasn't sure which show and the whole thing, so I did a little research. And so then when I called, I just told them that yeah, I I heard they were looking for a host, and I got a voicemail. Right, that was 
because <laughs> from years earlier when we were trying, I had some contacts at Wild TV. So I'd phone and left a message. I said, hey, just want to let you guys know you're looking for a host. I think I'm the guy, right? So then when they called back and we got talking, yeah, the feeling there was that I probably wasn't the guy to host somebody else's show, that I'd probably do better having my very own show. Gotcha. So <clears throat> they said, well, come up with an idea and let's make this happen. So that's what I did. My uh, my little guy, like I said, was the inspiration. And how old how old was he when you got started? Uh, well, he would have been right around five, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, him and I shot our first moose together. Like you say, we talked earlier, stuff that you'll never, those memories will never fade, never die. Yep. Like I, that's stuff keeps me going. <clears throat> but he was uh, just over three when we got our first moose together. Nice. Man, and that, those reactions, that whole experience, and I just, I've wanted to do that all the time since. And we've had so many good times together, not even just in the woods, but at, that's where him and I are most comfortable, I think. Um, he was three and a half, I guess, when... Uh, we knew he was having trouble talking, but they actually put him on the spectrum for autism. Yep. Um, he's perfect. There's, yeah, but he has trouble with his words, right? It's, but we'll see that may come. Yep. We'll work with it, whatever it does. But I, I guess the most important thing is I see when he's, I guess, in a, a kind of a crowded setting, right? Like, let's say we're in town or in the city, he's... He's not the same little man as when we're out. The two of you in the bush. Yeah, when yeah. he's in 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 the bush, it's he's so comfortable. He's at home. It just he, you know, the expression like you can just let go of the reins, right? And he, that's where that little guy belongs, and that's where he feels most comfortable. I watch it on him. Yep. And uh, I know I've I've heard through this experience with him and and working with different folks. Um, you know, as far as support for him. Yep. Um, I've, I've been pretty fortunate to meet other people, other families. Um, a lot of folks that deal with similar stuff. And that's the discussion is, is there's a lot of focus right now. They think that outdoor activities and, and outdoor time is beneficial to, you know, other children with autism, right? So I feel also that with our platform, right, if we can reach out to some of those people right some of those folks that maybe hadn't considered that or you know because not all just about hunting out there right yeah. you know we do a lot just yeah. even just being in nature and learning about different things right um how to be out there how to connect and um you know so you don't have to worry about yourself and you know different animals and you know just be more comfortable um i truly feel in my heart and that's the goal is if we can help other people feel that same level of comfort yep. and uh you know maybe when the world's going a little nuts like who doesn't you know whether you have a a, a a diagnosis or not or you're you know just in general i think we all feel that when we're out there that that little disconnect right where you can just be you and you can you know feel a little freer and yeah you know the world slows down a bit so i think that's pretty positive before, before I got into or back into the family business, 
um, I was a high school teacher for 10 years. Right. And uh, I did my, when I was doing my degree, my minor was environmental outdoor education. So I focused on youth in the outdoors. And one of the people that I ended up doing a master's program with, she did her thesis on basically nature deficit disorder on, on youth. Right. And it was very interesting to see the results, to see the, the studies that she was doing along with the ones that she had compiled on that. And it is a, they don't actually classify it as a disorder, but it's, it's well on its way that it is, children are so disconnected from the environment these, and I don't mean environment, environmental way, but I mean getting their feet dirty in the outdoors that it's, they're seeing huge issues with being, not being able to pay attention, not being able to um, calm down and relax because they're so plugged in and connected all the time that you need to disconnect, go get your feet wet, get your feet muddy and disconnect from all technology and spend time outside and seeing the importance of youth in the outdoors for their development, for their happiness. There, there's so many things leveled on to being outside. Yeah, and I mean, there's what you can also say sunlight and all these other things that bring happiness and everything. It's all interconnected, and I fully agree that we need to be able to take that time to unplug, put everything else aside, and just go disappear into the bush Absolutely. with kids, especially. Yeah, I mean, shucks, and and it's not always easy, right? And there's so you think if as a parent, you even with my little guy, right? I'll yep. say, Micah, do you want to go for a quad ride? No. Because I'm not saying he's never played video games. Shucks, he does. He loves oh, Mario, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. right? He loves... Yeah. So he'll be playing video games, right? Hey, you want to go quadding? Nah, no. Well, baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy butt in the truck, we're going quadding, right? Yep. Like, And it's hilarious because, you know, or, or swimming or any of that stuff. And then you get there and there's no technology, like you said. Well, try and get him to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you got to sunsetting. Yeah. We got to go home. No, we're going nope. like it's. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think, important, too, is not just play off of, well, he didn't want to go. So we never. Nah, to heck with it. You drag him out there if you got to. But yeah, I guarantee you once you're out there. Yeah. Things will take care of themselves. Right. Like, well, well, and I can't speak for everyone else during this pandemic. But from what I've seen being in the store and our own life, too, like we did not travel anywhere this year. I actually picked up an inexpensive camper. And every other weekend, I'm taking my family camping. And we got a bunch of friends that did the same that bought campers, bought trailers and stuff. Just you don't have to break the bank. Right. But what we would have spent on our family of four going on a vacation, I bought a camper, right. a cheap one. And um, just we were out at Azueta Lake in the Pine Pass here lot two weekends ago. And my two and a half year old daughter would spend 45 minutes to an hour on the lake shore picking up rocks, throwing them, walking up trails, digging in the mud, and didn't want to go back to the camper. Like that for her, she's loving it. And it's one of those things that when we're at home and playing with toys and stuff, it's it's totally not the, it's not the same thing at all. See, and I, I know that I, I guess not everybody has the same ability as us, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all, but um, maybe the area or your setting or... Maybe you can't Geographically, you know, get outside. And and yeah. let's face it, there are there are youngsters, there are families that you know what, they're just not outdoors. That's their that's just not their bag. But right. you know, and I don't even care about that. I just wanna promote the focus on young people in general doing things that they love doing. I don't care what it is. If you find a youngster that's passionate about something, I don't care if they're, you know, want wanna cook, mm -hmm. right? Or play the piano. Or ride a bike or hunt or oh, any of that stuff, right? 
if you see that passion in a child and, and you can um, nurture that yep. and see that grow, man, I tell you, that, what else is there? That's the, man, that's yeah. super fun for me. I think it's great. Nur- I, nurture their passion. Oh, and see them light up. I, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get enough of that. Yeah. And I think the exposure to a variety of things is also really important. Instead of just trying to push them for what you like or what you did or whatever, expose them to lots and lots of different activities to see because they might have other interests and talents that... You know what? And you think, okay, so we're old guys or whatever, and here's this youngster, and they're into something that, well, shucks, I never used to be into. I could have seen that 60 times, never really yeah. got it. But then you see that light come on, and you're like, man, that, that's pretty neat, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's not saying that kids can't expose us to stuff too, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, just follow the passion. That's the. So how many seasons of your show have you, do you have now behind, um, behind you? Cause you know, I know you're filming right now. Right. You, so you, we, we, our first season, obviously we aired on wild TV. Um, that was under the Canada hunts West umbrella. Yep. Um, then there was, we had kind of a hiatus there where we were re, what do we call that? We were retooling. That's the restructuring. Best way restructuring. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so now we're uh, we did a bunch of filming there, um, so that stuff will be included too. But now we're working right now on our uh, third season. That'll come out this spring, right? And yep. So and then yeah. social media platforms because you post fairly regularly. What platforms do you like to to go with? We try or I try. That's something that well. Never really fully understood what a yeah. full-time gig that is, but <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So and then, you know, when you tell yourself, "Well, you got to post," but I have a hard time because I go, "Well, maybe I didn't have something that was that interesting that day. I didn't feel right, so I never." But everybody's like, "No, you got to post every day or do your thing, right?" But <clears throat> so yeah, so we do have our Facebook page, which is Stardom Young. Yep. Um, em right. It's yep. Like Start Om Young. Yep. So that there's that, and then we are also on Instagram, yep. and that's Stardom Young Canada. Um, yeah, so we try and post as much as we can. We have some pretty good contests time to time, right? Uh, get people involved, and we'll do that more and more as we go, as we grow. Yeah, so right on. That's awesome, and I'll gladly spend a bit of time, even off film, talking to you a little bit more about that because when when we start. When I got on board, we didn't have any social media either. I took some of the other things that I'd been doing, but learned some tools that I'll go over with you that you can actually pre-set up to right. do your posts. So if you spend an hour on Sunday, you can have your posts lined up throughout the week. We can get into that later if you're interested. Oh, absolutely. Just, There's just lots to help of save time. tricks that I shucks me because I'm not a technical guy. I always drive myself nuts because I'll make a post on our Facebook page and then and then I have to sit there and write it all out so I can go back to Instagram and do the same post there. But everybody said, no, you can do the Instagram and it'll just transfer. Well, it really don't on mine because <laughs> yeah. it wants to put it on my personal Facebook page. And yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Aggravated, but. Yeah. So what, uh, you, you're dealing with technology in the bush, so there's nowhere to plug anything in. You're dealing with children who are unpredictable. Like as a whole, children are not a predictable creature. Absolutely. What sort of challenges have you encountered that you wouldn't have expected? Um, yeah, you know, one of the biggest challenges, on, honest to goodness, and I see this not even just in our industry, yep. but as a general rule, is uh, 
kids clothing yeah um the quality it's it's kind of hurtful to be honest because you think okay and I, and i see some people and i i've had some discussions and sometimes get people get upset but you know i'll meet somebody say in the woods and i look down and i see he's got a 300 dollar pair of boots on mm-hmm. and i know why right i only have to ask them because they're comfortable and they're warm right they're durable they're you know waterproof all that good stuff right that makes a boot a boot yep and then you look over at that youngster standing beside him and he's wearing a 30 dollar pair of boots from walmart yeah and i go well how come well the reaction is well they grow so fast and they're just going to grow out of them and, you know i'm not spending 300 dollars on a pair of boots he's going to wear for two months and all yeah. that. And i go well that's sad that's sad I, like i i get that everybody doesn't have a whole ton of money and i'm not saying that i do either i'm just saying that if there's a reason for an adult to have that equipment whether Mm -hmm. it's a coat or pants or boots or gloves i believe in my heart that whatever you're wearing that young person should be wearing exactly what you are if not better there should be an equivalent type product in a smaller size yes and it's it's aggravating because even outside of our industry like you look at kids' boots, winter boots, for instance, right? Yeah. Man, you got to look pretty hard. I'm not saying there's not the odd one out there, but then they are pretty astronomically expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> but still, even side by side, they're not the same. It's not as good. I, I, Yeah, it's disappointing. So that's something that I intend to push the odd company pretty hard on because it is important. And, and even if you think, well, my youngster's going to grow out of that quick, okay. But that also gives you the opportunity now to either sell that, rehome that yep. to somebody else that's coming up, you know, or if there's other kids in the house, right, pass that down. They didn't wear it for long, so it can't be too wore out, all that stuff, right? Yep. So sell it or pass on, do all that. But, you know, bottom line is you don't want to hurt these youngsters, right? And especially in the cold. Yeah. You know, like I, I look back at my youth too. Well, I know my feet got really cold as a youngster. And I've talked to countless adults. Yeah. And they all got these same stories. Yeah. Oh, my hands hurt me nowadays because I was a kid and I got froze up. Or my feet hurt nowadays because I, well, I don't want to see my, my child do that. I don't want to see anybody's child do that. I mean, shucks, there's no call for it. Yep. Especially today, right? So that's something I wish would change in general, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just, it's it's a little aggravating when I see that. Um, I don't think you got to be rich to take care of your kids, right? They just need to, I think that's sometimes that maybe people don't even think about that, right? Yeah. They just go, well, that's how it's always been done, right? We buy cheap boots for our kids or coats or whatever because they wreck them or grow out of them or do whatever. I think if you're going to be out there, and <laughs> here's the other side of that. You think if you're out and you're trying to have your adventure, yep. right? You're on a hunt, do whatever, and you're going to take that youngster because it's important, right? Yep. Or because I told you it's important, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> so you're out there. <clears throat> well, you know what happens when that young person's not having a good time anymore? Oh, doesn't want to come out next time. And you're not having a good time anymore <laughs> no. either, right? No. So, <clears throat> I mean, if you take care of them, you're also going to have a better yep. time too, right? So. Yep. I think it's important, and like you say, I, I don't want to sour them. I want them to keep coming, right? Keep wanting to come. Yeah. The best feeling is when you don't have to ask your youngster to do an activity, right? When they come to you, 
When are we going? When are we going? Right. Yeah. I want to go. This is what I'm right. That'll build you up because you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, I, I started that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No kidding. Do you have any? Uh, well, and can you talk about hunts that you've got lined up yet? Do, do you have anything happening for? Because I know you you were up here, and that's when we first met in person here when you were filming a hunt. Yeah. And you've now lined up some. Would you call them pro staff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got some pro staff. Um. So, I guess through the experience so far that we've had in uh, our past two seasons, yep, I've learned that, you know what, <clears throat> maybe I should have learned this a long time ago in my life, <laughs> but I'm only one guy. Yep. And uh, much as I'm proud of the things that I have done or, or that I feel I can do, um, there's other people out there with the same passion that I have. Um and I think that can be ambassadors as well for what I'm trying to do here. So I handpicked a team that I'm super proud of. One of them locally here is uh, Carson Bolio. Yep. You guys know him? Yep, quite well. He's got a tremendous family, tremendous group of friends. Um, we were fortunate, like I said earlier, um, we did a hunt with them. Man, and people will see that here in this season. Uh, young Hunter got his first moose. It was, yeah, it <clears throat> pretty powerful. So um, also we've got Don Stevenson. Um, he's actually uh, just a tremendous guy. Where's he out of? Um, Burns Lake. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he's got, like, he's got quite an extended family as well. I was originally from Central Alberta. He came from that neck of the woods too. It's pretty funny how our families actually knew each other and him and I met a million years later and never even knew that. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, he's actually a, an amazing knife maker. Anybody that wants to go on and check out Stevenson Knives, he's actually going to make knives for Stardom Young. There'll be custom knives that we'll <clears throat> offer for sale as well. Um, yeah, I, I designed a knife that I pretty pretty happy with i think folks will will like that um so yeah so so excited to have him on the team as well shucks he makes knives for the wild sheep foundation and, oh yeah you know yeah. just like on your shirt right? yeah he's got the same we're big supporters <laughs> of the, the wild sheep foundation <coughs> so it's sure. awesome right yeah um so then out of fort nelson i've got jeff thompson good friend of ours people would have seen him in the first season another just a fabulous fellow that's got a great family um, same passion, just, yeah, he gets it. Um, and then we, I rounded that out with my brother Scott, and he's in the Buick area there. Just, yeah, all, all individuals that I feel um, are not only going to help drive the brand, drive the idea, but help illustrate how important it is to get these young people out there and to to spend time with families in the outdoors right and, and experience things so that's yeah pretty proud of all these guys yeah i think uh it's going to be pretty exciting well and a cool thing about uh young hunter here the, the local um pro staff of yours is getting to see and, and i look forward to seeing the episode um just because i i'm friends with them on social media and i i've followed his hunt and i mean following his dad and um seeing the 
I'm going to call it traditional hunting area of his family for many, well, I don't know how many generations, but for a long time. And there's quite a history and quite a story behind that too. And then you to bet. be able to see Hunter shooting his moose there is pretty pretty darn cool as well. You bet. And yeah. we, we actually tell that that story because it is powerful, right? I yep. mean, <clears throat> these are traditions. These are, yeah, things that have been passed down from generation to generation. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of the, all them guys, you know, to see Carson with his sons and, you know, even to see his sons, like, you know, you watch Levi or Faith and, you you know, okay, well, they, yeah, they're pretty competent. They, you know, they can do their own thing. And yep. it's, yeah, it, it, it means a lot. And I think it's important. Like I say, the, these are the people that I believe are going to help, I guess, inspire others. Um, to get out there and, and to do these same things, to share those same experiences yep. with, with their, their, their families. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, in the three seasons that you've been filming, are there any crazy moments or extremely memorable? They'll all be memorable. Cause I mean, there's such deep stories attached to each one, but is there anything that really stands out that you want to talk about that, that has occurred in your seasons of filming? Shucks. I, There's been so many, I think, like, there's, it's pretty hard to be out there and uh, not have things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I could single one out. I mean, yeah, having what seemed like a, I don't know if I'd say an innocent river crossing, but things were a little high, but I'm glad I was the first one to test her out, I guess, that a horseback trip? Or? No, that was actually with our quads. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Then you realize that, hey, maybe there was a crack in that boot and things got wet. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, and the quad quit. And, you yeah, bl- so and you blow a CV joint? Or? Yeah, that got interesting in a big hurry sitting out there in the deep stuff. and Yeah. Yeah. Good thing I had a good team sitting there to <laughs> get us yarded out. But, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, yeah, a few critters that... You know, don't always act like you expect they're going to act, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of surprise you. There's been a few of them moments. And... Well, there's nothing cookie cutter about number one, hunting, number two, hunting with kids. <laughs> um, whatever happened last time, you can't expect that to happen next time. No. Anything, the unexpected. You always got to expect the unexpected. You know what? As far as things that have happened that, are memorable and and that really stick with you since the not even just filming but since the inception of stardom young yep um i think i'd have to you know just thinking here right things rattling in your brain trying to pick something out <clears throat> probably one of the things is not even super outdoor related what one of the biggest things for me has been the support oh yeah 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 in all honesty that's been probably the biggest thing is the support that you know just seeing that people get it or they they're excited about things to come or they you know they want to be involved whether it's just helping out with the show or you know we've we've had people reach out to us because they see and understand what we're trying to do yep um i'm not kidding we've had people get a hold of us and say look we get you guys are putting uh, long hours in, all that stuff, right? Um, 
the Shepherds in at mile 73 there. Yep. <clears throat> they reached out to us too. They're like, look, Mark, we get it. You guys are out long hours, whatever. You guys are going to be out late and you're going by. Just give us a call. Like, we'll make sure you guys have dinners and, you know, whatever. And I went, wow, that's huge. Like, that's, these are, yeah, these are people that just care and they want to help. They want to be part of it, right? Like The, com- the community support and it kind of goes back to that whole, it takes a village to raise a child. It does. That's, that's kind of what your show is focused around is the children and this is everyone else seeing the importance of that. Yeah. And giving back and wanting to be a part of it. Yeah. So that too, I mean, shucks, if there's, can't say that enough, if there are guys that are out there that want to be a part of helping, you know, make this go, right? Because it's, it does take an awful lot. There's no getting around it. It's, oh, yeah. You know, and I think in this day and age even, like, it's not easy getting people to, you know, hand you that check, right? Yep. So if there's people that want to be involved, whether they want to buy advertising space or, you know, whatever with the show or just be involved in general, you know, because, like I said, there's a whole bunch of costs there. Um, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows that we're not getting rich doing this. This is not why we're doing no. this. This is a whole... And, and that's a big misconception I, I've found, especially in Canada compared to in the States. Like I've spent, I've been down a SHOT show uh, multiple times and, and seen the, what I'd call the wildlife celebrity status down there. And then uh, getting to know a lot of the, the people up here with the TV shows. Um, we've had a lot of them walk through our door and be part of different things with us and stuff. And getting to know them and, and see they all have full-time jobs. They all have a life outside of the show. The show isn't big enough that, ah, making millions off my TV show. That Because yeah. that's not what it's about. No. Whereas down in the States, there's those massive sponsors that'll write a, a six-figure check to, to slap their sticker on your backpack and away you go or yeah. have you shoot their rifle or whatever. So, no, it's it's a totally different market up in Canada. And it's, it's about the passion of the outdoors and about the hunt and sharing those stories and adventures. I find in the Canadian uh, outdoor TV industry. You, you bet. And I mean, for me, maybe I'm not a, maybe I'm not a good one at that because I know there are guys that, if somebody does throw a check at them, then that's their they'll fly that flag, right? Whether yep. it's a gun or a backpack yep. or whatever. And for me, that money's nice, <clears throat> but nobody will ever see me advertise or push a product that I don't already Back. use or. Yep. 100% believe in, yep. right? Because I think that our equipment is super important. You guys see that in your store all oh, the yeah. time, right? It's it's tough. It's yeah. tough. And it, from a store point, it's kind of tough to figure out which brands <clears throat> we like to push. So we like to test the products. We like to, we all run the stuff. But when it comes down to, if you were to look in my hunting closet right now, you wouldn't just see one brand of clothing. You wouldn't right. just see one brand of rifle because I like to test them all and see what holds up, see who has the good warranty, see what 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 I believe in, and then I'll push those products. And you'll see the brand shuffle out over time and, well, and, I, and stuff I mean, too. I've been one of those guys over the years that, <laughs> shucks, I've, yeah. I've had, we'll say, women in my life that maybe didn't agree with me spending all that money, but <laughs> I've been already an unpaid product tester, I feel, in my yeah. hunting career. So I, I know kind of some of the stuff that I'm passionate about using. Yeah. Um, one of the things, I'm not sure we talked about that before, but one of the things is uh, clothing. Um, I have a bit of a relationship now with um, Rivers West. 
I, shucks, I stand behind their stuff. I, I think it's a tremendous product. They've been super stand up. Um, they're trying really hard as far as the the young people as well, right? That small line. Yep. Um, they they make a, a tremendous product. I can't say enough good things, and <clears throat> they're affordable when you look across the board. So I'm, yeah, I can't say enough good things about them guys because, yeah, it's been it's been a good good partnership. Nice. Um, yeah, we get lots of support too. Um, well, from a lot of people. Um, I I mean, shucks, you know all the boys in Fort St. John too, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. I mean, backcountry has been there since day one. Yeah. Like, yeah, Steve has bent over backwards to make sure we've got everything we need. So yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we're always growing and things are always happening. But yeah, yeah, it was it was really special that he's seen it from day one and yep. was, yeah, want, wanted to help. Yeah, they're good guys. We actually, it's it's kind of interesting within this industry, it's such a small industry for the most part. Um, every year when we go down to Texas for our buying shows, we go for dinner with them. Yeah. Every year when we go to any of the buying shows, we take them out, they take us out. Like there's a, for, for what I'd say, the BC and Alberta peace area, a lot of us businesses um, know each other well and we'll work together on things and we'll call each other back and forth. Hey, do you have this in stock? I got a guy that needs one and, and it's, it's a great relationship. Yeah, and like, so, I mean, Chuck's for me being from Fort Nelson, yeah. right? So, I mean, Cliff at Wapiti. Yeah. I mean, Chuck's, I've, I've sat there, drank coffee and, and witnessed all this stuff, whether he's dealing with Core Lanes or he's dealing with backcountry. Yeah. Just, it's... It's not about, like you said, it's not about a competition. You guys all have your business units and that's where you, but yet it's, I think it's super powerful that you guys are able to still work almost as a team yep. really because it's about making sure the customer gets what they need yep. and they're out the door, right? Well, so, and with the whole world going online and everyone has a phone in their pocket, guys will stand at my counter and price shop Yeah. with everyone else so i mean we we need to work together yeah. and there is enough business to go around like you say it's yeah. it's not about a competition i've got the boys in grand prairie and i've got the boys in fort st john on speed dial and yeah. i can just quickly call and say hey what, what's going on with this and we're all quite open and honest and yeah. and we, we do work together i mean there's times where we'll bring in let's say a sea can of product divvy it up between us because it was cheaper to bring it in in bulk yeah um there, there, there's always the friendly rivalries. Oh, for, for sure, for, right? For example, and, and I'm going to throw the boys in Fort St. John under the bus. We had a bet going two season, two years ago in Texas. We were out for supper with them, talking about calibers and stuff. And uh, I was pretty impressed with a 6.5 PRC. And and uh, they both agreed that it was a flash in the pan that would be gone by next year. And we bet a, bet a steak dinner on it. Nice. So... This February in Texas, they bought us a phenomenal steak dinner. <laughs> My purchasing manager and I flew down there, and and so they said, "Where do you guys want to go for supper?" That six five PRC bet, and so no, we we've got a great relationship. Oh, it's yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's I, and I mean it. It don't really matter where I go. I think it's feel like a bit of a moth to a bright light. There, I I don't think I can be in a town and not walk into whatever yep. outdoor stores in that community right yeah just yeah yeah it's these are my people right you yeah. walk in and you yeah just take it all in and yeah you see some new stuff and 
you know, probably the best thing is you meet new folks. Yeah. All over, like-minded, and yeah, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. I think. I mean, our <clears throat> it was our first episode, first season. Um, that was <clears throat> that was super important to me because it wasn't about wasn't about the hunt really. It wasn't. We ended up getting stuck right, and we met two individuals. Yeah, two fellas from Tumbler Ridge, even. Um, Al. <clears throat> Alan and Orville uh, Zygman. I'm not sure if you've heard the name. The name rings a bell. <clears throat> I can't put a face to it. But two two old boys, brothers. Yeah. Man, you want to know salt of the earth? Just oh, we fell in love with them guys immediately. Just tremendous guys. But that was the that was the thing. A lot of guys they were parked at camp. We unloaded our stuff. We could have just took off down the trail. And, you know, I think that's a problem in the world now. Is a lot of guys do that? Just charge off and. Because you're always trying to get ahead of the other guy. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, I want to be sure the first that, down the trail. Yeah, yeah. You know, like whatever I do to screw him up because I'm going to shoot a moose, not yeah. him or an elk or whatever it is. No, I I find for me, right? And I'm not not trying to say that I'm the the best ever, but I I really do try to meet everybody that I can, even before the show. It's always important to me. I like people, um, so met these fellas chatted they knew what was going on made sure we weren't you know buggering them up in any way yeah. were your and, camps close to each other kind of uh not really but they were at the trailhead right yeah. so i didn't know exactly what their plan was because yeah. you know you look at especially up here a lot of our areas that we hunt they might be vast areas but access yeah access yeah. right so you're kind of bottlenecked so yeah you're gonna see each other you're gonna you know yeah and you want to be safe, right? So where are you guys? We don't want to be, you know, shooting yep. towards the hole. So talk to them guys. They were so supportive, and they fell in love with my little guy, right? It was pretty awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we weren't shucks. We couldn't have been 25 minutes from the truck. We got stuck pretty hard. <laughs> Need a hand, and I went, you know what? Um, what are we doing? Like, we're killing ourselves. 25 minutes, I can run out. I could probably be there quicker by myself, charge out on a quad. There's two guys yeah. with two quads, extra horsepower. What are we doing, right? Yeah. So I charged out, met those guys, said what was going on. Well, they almost beat me back there. I mean, <laughs> and they had blocks and tackles and ropes and you like they were ready. Like it was crazy. My crew was oh, it was <laughs> awesome. They charged out there and yeah, we were out in like five minutes. It's crazy, you know. So I guess that's the thing is when you're out there and just meeting folks and talking and maybe something you guys saw can help somebody else and you know i remind people that <clears throat> a bunch of years ago i wasn't very old but i was hunting a small area big enough for a couple of crews but <clears throat> we were looking for a moose so these other guys had come into the area and so then it seemed like for three days you you do everything you can to make sure you're up early early so you get there first or yep. you're gonna watch that hill or you know, make your presence known so they don't come into my side of the stuff, right? Yeah. Like, so we did all that. And then <clears throat> it was about a year later, same kind of general area, and we met at the trailhead, just started talking. So as it turned out, right, tremendous guys. Yeah. Right? Just, my goodness. Like, and them guys are friends to this day. It was, it was <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> but it was funny because, you know, us idiots stood there because they were thinking the same thing when they were in there, right? Yeah. But so then here's us, bunch of goobers talking, <laughs> and turns out 
I was hunting moose. They were hunting elk. Oh, yeah. I never seen a bull that whole trip in there. They saw three, but they weren't hunting moose. They already filled their moose tags. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> We'd seen a bunch of elk, but didn't have elk tags. So if we'd have just been smart enough to talk on the trail one day, yeah, right, yeah. we could have shared some information. This is where we're going. Yeah, switch, this is where we saw them. Switch yeah. sides of the hill, for heaven's <clears throat> sakes, you guys. And yeah, we probably would have both been successful. <laughs> yeah. at, like, what a bunch of wingnuts, eh? So yeah. I think that's important is to not, we need to not be so full of ourselves. And, yep. You know? Yep. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. But that's the other part too, right, is we talk all the time about, starting them young and that's super important to me it's a passion obviously with the show and that's something that i intend like we'll probably have a couple of segments on that as well as we go here but say even an adult comes up to you and they want to start hunting well all too often and i've watched this i don't know how many times there'll be a new hunter wanting to start out so he comes and he buys a gun and some camo and he's all ready to go well then he'll say oh shucks you know Aaron, you, you're elk hunter. You know, you seem to shoot elk every year. Where, where should I go to find an elk? Well, then typically, whoever he's asking will say, oh, yeah, you want elk. I'll tell you what, you, you go over there, right? Well, how is that helpful? Because he sent him over there because he don't hunt over there, and he right. knows there's probably no elk over there anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's not helpful yeah. for a whole host of reasons. Number one, that guy, he didn't learn anything, yeah. right? So now he may be successful by luck yep. or not, right? Chances are not. So then does he give that a couple of seasons? Doesn't harvest an elk, right? Okay, this isn't for him, so he's out. Yep. You know what? As stewards, as hunters, as outdoorsmen, we have a responsibility to foster that. <clears throat> so if you think that our hunter numbers are okay, they're not. There's a lot of people that are fighting against our call it our way of life um our sport or whatever name you want to put on it this is how we operate there's people that don't understand that's the biggest thing too yeah they don't understand what or why we do yeah so they fight against you well their numbers are always growing yeah it's it's always easier to get somebody that you know on the team to fight right but when people are living their lives and doing that well they don't want to fight this is not you know, shouldn't have to fight your whole life. That's the yeah. whole thing. So <clears throat> we need numbers. We need people on our team. Yeah. Right? So, in, and with that, if if I can take that person, that fella, that woman, and show them how to be respectful of the outdoors, right? Show them how to be successful. Give them some lessons, right? Yep. Just help them out in general. Give them a good start, Right. Well, then I think we'll have less of these stories where you hear, oh, you know, because they don't say, hey, you know, um, George shot a legal elk last night, right? The story on the street's going to be a hunter shot an illegal elk last night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Marring the, everyone yeah, we, in the industry. We all get painted with the same brush. It's not, right? So, yeah. and we don't want that to happen. So, if we gave maybe a little more support. Yep. Right. Take that person out and and show them what an elk track looks like. Show them the difference between an elk and a moose track, or you know, habitat, or what you're looking for. Yeah. Just trying to give them that healthy start. And this is, you know, okay. If you got any questions, call me. Do whatever. Right. And I'll. Yeah. You know, do what I can. I'm not saying you got to take them to your your you honey know, hole. Your honey hole, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or do it if you want. But 
I mean, let's face it. Nowadays, is there... We all have our spots we like to hunt. Is there a hunting hole? Is there a secret spot that nobody else knows about? Are you kidding? Someone else has been through that lake or... Yeah, there's nothing proprietary anymore no in the especially with you know google and all this like shucks there's no secret no right the amount of time i spent on i've spent on google earth since i got into sheep hunting has been ah i'd I'd hate to even look at the hours just because it's now it opened it up that you can get in and you can actually look for trails and stuff like that when you get in there and play and looking for different areas and so then every season yeah let's go check that out the other thing i've really noticed and i mean not to feel old about it is the oil and gas development and how it's really opened up the backcountry there were so many places that i grew up hunting that we would quad to you'd have to hike or get through a little fence and hike down a ridge to get into hike this area or you might be able to get a quad around this little spot to get in there and then you might run into a couple people that's now just a highway in there you You can drive your pickup right to the end and you'll see lots of pickups passing just because of the oil and gas activity which has been great for our our economy Um, but definitely has made it a lot easier for access it has yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know that google earth thing that's a I always find too that when I'm looking on there, those trails in the hills for me to go hiking, they always look so much easier on the computer. <laughs> so you get up there and like, man, it, <laughs> that that screen did not do this hill justice. I gotta tell you, I yeah. Where we went last year, yeah, we got onto a trail, but nobody had been on this in quite a few years. It's quite overgrown, and we lost it. And we thought we were going on it, and we ended up four and a half hours to the point where it was all basically army crawling with my backpack pushing through the bush. It was so thick that we're like, we got to regroup. Okay, which direction are we going to go to try and find it again? Look at the GPS, and and it took us four and a half hours before. Oh, there it is, and then continue on our way. It was yeah. it's quite an experience. Absolutely. Yeah. But shucks, those are memories too. Right? Oh, <laughs> phenomenal trip. Yeah. Uh, so, so do you keep most of your film or all of your filming right in BC or are you reaching out and jumping <clears throat> some borders? Well, I think we're pretty fortunate in Canada in general that we can kind of do whatever. I mean, COVID was standing and yep. get into that whole thing because frustrating as hell. I can't believe how many people think they're okay wearing a paper friggin' mask. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah aggravating anyway you look 78 years ago we got the the flu vaccine yep we still have the fucking flu yep so yeah <clears throat> yay paper mask I guess that'll, <laughs> that'll that'll help you yeah so <clears throat> yeah we do do some border crossing for sure um i have family in alberta so it's nice we get to go down there um do some filming um Lots of white tail and stuff, right? Elk and you name it, but it's nice. Even that, you know, I'd just be down there filming somebody else, right? It's that's okay for me too. Um, I guess that was part of the reason that Micah James inspired me is because it's more fun helping somebody else. I mean, can't be the only one out there. I feel like I've been there, done it. Like I, there's not. Yeah, I don't know. Not much I haven't experienced in the woods and, or harvested, right? Yep. So yep. to get somebody else a moose or somebody else's sheep or 
maybe not sheep because let's face it I, I'm probably not in a position to be giving away sheep stuff but <laughs> elk or moose and deer yep. and yeah shucks I'll, yeah I'll take all those guys but yeah. Well, and we're really fortunate to live. Uh, we call this the Serengeti of the North. Yeah. We've got lots of game. We've got all the the big nine, you could say, around here. Numbers are tough, though. Like yep. I'm pretty dis- uh, There's things we could do. That we need to get away from managing our wildlife based on public opinion and some politician sitting somewhere thinking he knows better than our biologists that we're paying anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I, all that stuff and political gain and decisions and yeah. you know look what happened to our grizzly like you know how can you guys make a decision and there's no numbers there's no science there yeah. has to be science like well and 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 when we won't get into the the deep politics of it because that that could go south quickly but when you look at when our government changed here in BC and how it went about and then just overnight they shut off the grizzly bear hunt because of feelings as opposed to science yeah. Uh, the science, the numbers show growing rates of, or number, growing numbers of grizzly bears in BC. They're doing very well. They're quite plentiful. Uh, even the Taltan Nation has now they stood just, up to state, yeah. reopen the grizzly bear hunt. Please hunt wolves and coyotes and bears in northern BC because they are, and I won't say decimating, it's nature. It does its own thing, but they're taking quite a toll on the ungulates, the moose, right. the elk, the deer. And there's there's a reason that if you look at the map, the management map of the province, BC, yep. Alberta, so they're all the same. <clears throat> so when you look at that, there it's built of a variety of management units, yep. right? Every one of those management units, it in theory, is supposed to be dealt with singularly yep each one of those has a different habitat yeah right and can foster different animals different numbers of animals so our biologists that's part of their job right is to do studies and say look this is what we're where we're at yeah what's disappointing though is when we talk to our biologists and we say look how how many elk are in that management unit or how many moose or you know bears well, they don't know. Yeah. And I go, well, how come? Well, we haven't done a study. Well, shucks, how come you haven't done a study? Well, there's no money. Well, that's a travesty because when you look at all the money from our industry, yeah. right? Yeah. Like licensing, all that stuff, and yeah. that money is supposed to go towards those things, yeah. right? And instead, that money goes into general coffers yeah. and is lost, and yeah. we never get that back. <clears throat> That's fraud, and that's not okay. Yeah. Somebody needs to get on fixing that, <clears throat> and I don't know what the answer is. I know there was some groups that were putting pressure on, mm-hmm. but it seems like there's some hype there, and they're, they're fighting, and then, I don't know, it just disappears. So yeah. I think we need to fix that because yeah. it's not an okay thing to say that there's not money. And that, that's the problem with having politics make these, uh, well, and politicians make these decisions instead of, the biologists and stuff as well because it all comes down to power and money right and unfortunately i feel that i was exposed to a lot of that with the whole caribou recovery right. uh, initiative and and i am all for we need to look after and and help the caribou and I, i'm all about that but when it comes down to financial gain for certain parties involved is, is where and, and political power plays is where i really my eyes were opened up and where i really became disheartened with it 
um, because I think we all need to be in it together to help manage wildlife and have a say and be able to help make decisions because I think we all have the same end goal in mind. No one wants to see a species wiped out. We all want to see the continued growth. But when people have joint ventures to put in pipelines here and then there's no longer uh, caribou protection occurring in that area because there's no caribou there. Well, we we have pictures of caribou. With, anyways, we won't get down, go down those paths, no, but I, I, it comes down to money and power when the government is is so deeply involved and corporations are involved and and we need to get back to wildlife and the land itself. And that's that's I, it's always hurtful too, in my opinion, is when we have groups. And there's a discussion and somebody's fighting against, you know, either hunting or just us being out there in general, right? Yep. And you look at this organization, you go, okay, so you guys are fighting to make this not happen anymore. You don't want us hunting. You don't want us fishing. You don't want us camping in, in certain areas. And I go, well, that's all you guys do is fight. Yep. Right? Show me like a, a green piece or, you know, something like that. You've gone to Yellowstone. Can, can, <laughs> uh, can you show me one dollar that you guys have put into wildlife yeah. management, right? Yeah. Or uh, habitat creation, anything that, that does the world good. Can you show me a dollar? Or has it all just simply been spent on the fight? Yeah. Right? And well, and that's and that, a problem. That's one of the reasons I really like the Wild Sheep Society of BC is money raised in the north goes right back into northern initiatives whether it's reforestation whether it's whatever i mean the money stays in the region and goes right back into what they're fighting for right which is which i think is phenomenal see and that's why it's tough too because you think okay how many how many residents have have you talked to or heard the the comments about like outfitters right Mm -hmm. oh well shucks if you ever say that you're going to change the sheep season right so you're gonna you know only allow somebody to shoot a sheep every other year every yep. third year which well, i think is coming up it is, soon right but we're gonna but, see that but you see a lot of pushback and i go on oh, and the 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 major thing is well if the outfitters are allowed to i go okay so i get where you think and yeah it's a business that they have right and it's a business that they got into so not every business gets you know special consideration but when you look at what they put back in to um, game management, habitat creation, all that stuff, <clears throat> people are enjoying luxuries that are there only through the outfitters that are in those areas. Yeah. Right? And yeah. if that hadn't happened, you guys wouldn't have the access you do. Yeah. There wouldn't be the, the, the ungulate numbers that there are in those areas. Yeah. You know, had it not been for their efforts like it... There's, there's more benefits, right? And it's, I think people need to be a little bit more cognizant of that, in my opinion. Makes um, sense. Yeah. I, I get that it benefits the outfitter to do those things, right? But it benefits everybody else. It'd be different if nobody else was allowed in those yeah. areas and all, but yeah. that's not how it is. So I think, uh, I think people need to be a little more appreciative of what's been done. Yep. Right? Yeah. But especially from, you know, like past, right? Back in the, maybe people say that was the Wild West, but there was a lot of things with, you know, yeah, that were done early on that people are reaping those benefits now, right? Yeah. You know, we've got uh, Sonia Laverkus up north there. She's 
yeah, what do they call her? The the fire queen, I guess, or something like that. And she's just an awesome gal anyway, but she's a major proponent for range burning and, and habitat creation. Yeah. It's super important and people need to get behind her too because yeah. this stuff needs to happen. And you look at all the fires that we have, all we do is stomp these fires out and nature says they need to burn and mm -hmm. then we end up with these big super fires yep. that they can't contain anyway because for years we put all the fires out. So so who does she, who does she work fuel. with? Who's she through? Um, well, she's right now, I mean, Chuck's, she's got a couple of um, fireworks yep. and shifting mosaics. Those are a couple of her companies anyway. I'm sorry, Sonia, if I missed one there. Nope, that's, that's pretty fine. sure there's three. <clears throat> um, and she's based out of Fort Nelson? Yeah, you gotcha. bet. Yeah. yeah. So when they go around, like they, yeah, I think they're on a fire right now down south. But <clears throat> yeah, when it comes to fire, she's the authority, boy. She's. Yeah. Yeah. Back to your show. Um, and I, I think you've already hit, you've touched on this, but I want to come out and ask you just the question what's the most rewarding part about filming Stardom Young? I guess probably the most rewarding part is when we meet somebody, me and my son. Yep. And he sees me shake somebody's hand and introduce myself. So he introduces himself. And he'll be pretty clear in telling you that I'm Micah, the moose hunter. Yeah. And I see him light up. Yeah, that's it. I'm Micah the Moose Hunter. Yeah. Love that. No kidding. And what message would you want to get across to someone that hasn't seen your show, but will might catch one of the next episodes? What message would you want to get across to them? Probably comes across in each episode as well, but... What would be the statement for Stardom Young? I guess just, yeah, don't hesitate in going out outdoors and getting youngsters involved, and whether they're uh, whether they're your young people or friends or you know family, um, it's important to get them out there and, and open them up to new things and be supportive when they're passionate about something and be there to guide them and teach them the right way. I mean, shucks, it sounds like little stuff, but it's ridiculous that we need those lessons or that people need to be shown. But something as simple as, you know, if we have garbage at the end of the day, <clears throat> you put that in a bag or put that in your pocket and you pack that out, right? Like yep. no need to leave pop cans and, chip wrappers and chocolate bar papers all that stuff don't we don't need to leave that in there it's all you packed it in you can pack it out and so i find i'm packing more than i br bring in normally coming out because you pick up so much along the trail which is well, yeah, is frustrating it is. but i do i try and do my part and fill up the compartment behind my quad yeah and bring it all out for sure or then you'll come to somebody's camp and you know, they tried to say burn as much as they could, right? Yep. You know, to alleviate that. And we all burn paper and do all that stuff. But there'd be a whole fire pit full of cans and stuff, yeah. right? And I go, well, shucks, that 
could have pretty easy be chucked in a bag and took. That could have been brought out. Yeah. But stuff like that, just general lessons, right? Just stuff that makes the world a better place. I'm not trying to say I'm, but I think everything that we can do that's positive just going to help out in the long run, right? Yeah. Whether it's taking care of the environment or yourself or, yeah, all those things. Yeah. Last night, just thinking about start them young, um, Greg threw together a bit of a goose hunt. And so one of my gunsmiths, uh, Ed from the front counter, one of my salesmen, uh, Greg, myself, and who am I missing? The landowner um, that gave us permission to come chase geese off his land. We're all went, went out for a four o'clock setup and it was uh, 25 degrees out. It was hot. There was oh, no wind. Yeah. We got set up in, in this field that he had burned off in the last within the last little while here and got set up, got all our blinds out, got lots of decoys out, laid down, and, and Greg's son absolutely loves going goose hunting with him. Every year on his birthday, he wants to go goose hunting. Yeah. So Greg takes him out, and they lay down in a coffin blind or two coffin blinds, and, and Cobus, that, that's Greg's son's name, he gets a call, and he gets to call him in. Nice. And Greg will pile up a couple of them and bring them home, and then... He has to help process them, and then uh, Greg's wife and daughter don't want the geese, but the two of them cook them up and, and eat them up every time. So uh, we had them out there last night. I've never hunted with Cobus before, but we had all the blinds laid out, and it took a little while. The, the geese came in a little later than expected, but because it was so hot out, so hot, they were just yeah. sitting on the water till it cooled off before they started to come in. But once they came in, and they were coming in in... We probably saw between six and eight hundred geese come over us. Now that's not what all tried to land in our field, but it was probably top two goose hunts I've been in on. I haven't been in on a lot, but it was phenomenal. Yeah. But to see Cobus when we would all sit up, shoot, he's calling them. We all pop up, we all shoot them, and then lay back down, and then the goose, the geese all fly away, and then he'd jump up, and we'd okay, clear guns, point them in another direction, unload them. He'd run out, and I mean, sometimes, like, we had one where we had six geese hit the ground all at once. All six flew in, we took out all six, and uh, and then he'd get up, and he'd just be in his heyday, and he'd run out and grab them and come running back, and it was absolutely amazing. And for him to want to do that every year on his birthday, and he's, he's he, I'm going to say 10, we're going to go with 10, yep. And but that's what he wants to do every year with Dad, go out and chase geese, and to see that passion and see that drive... Um, and he's not hunting them even he's he's along for the trip but he's calling he's learning about it he's learning and then he's there help processing he's plucking them and then we cut the breasts out and start taking the meat from them and everything um, but just to have him part of it and to see the excitement is absolutely awesome so i mean to see that firsthand again last night my kids are too young at this point we take them outdoors we hike with them we fish with them my daughter started fishing she's two and a half we have her little princess rod and reel with the, the plastic fish on the end. So she casts that out and she fishes with that. And I'm looking forward to being able to all hook one and hand it off to her. I haven't her hand it. I haven't done that yet because we've yeah. only had her fishing twice now. And But she loves it. She's oh. like, are we bringing my fishing rod? Every time we go camping. Bringing my fishing rod? Yeah, we'll bring that out. And so she has to show everybody on the lawn how she's casting. Look, look, what, look at me fishing. I caught one. And it's just absolutely awesome. But... Hunting with Cobus, Greg's son, sure made me excited about when I can get her into the blind or even just on my back when we're hiking in. And just like the story I told you at the beginning, to call in that elk and have her see that come in 
or come across the moose, the deer, whatever. I was out with Kevin. He brought me out to his property here earlier on in the week, and it was we didn't see any elk, which is what we were going for, but there were four whitetail bucks, two of which were fighting within, we were about 300 yards from them to be able to watch that. And then we turned this way. It was it was a phenomenal day, even though we didn't pull the trigger on anything. Uh, we were within about 50 yards of two really nice mule deer. One one was just a three by three, but nice height on them, nice width. Yeah. We'll never grow a fourth point. But uh, to see them when we looked right, to see the other ones when we looked left, hiked into a, a watering hole and two rabbits ran out and they were kind of fighting and playing but just up the hill 100 yards two coyote heads were popped up and they're watching the rabbits and we're standing <laughs> we're standing 200 yards this side of the rabbits and we're all looking at them and i'm like get the range finder up they're only about 250 yards away those coyotes hmm <laughs> and we're let's just see how this plays out and to see if they came after the rabbits and they were both watching the rabbits but with us standing there, they they never they they never moved. The one ran into the bush, so I thought he'd come down and come out after him. But he didn't. He went back up and then crossed and into the bush on the other side. But to sit and watch him and just to be out there and see all that game and to just be part of it, it's that's all part of the hunt. To me, hunting's not about pulling the trigger. It's about the experience. It's about being in the wild. It's about being with the animals, seeing them in their environment, leaving them. Didn't shoot anything that night that's not what the hunt's about to me it, it's about everything else leading up to it that uh that's so memorable and i mean even just that walk around his property that'll stick with me for a while oh man and so to be able to bring the kids in on that too to see that to be part of it i think what you're doing is absolutely amazing well and, and you you think even with covis there and stuff it's so powerful to 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 be a part of that with them yep in person when they're young <clears throat> but what i guess fuels me as well is I, I look at the future and I think how powerful is that going to be someday when he shares that with a youngster now. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like, <clears throat> well, and that that still sticks with me. And um, I don't know if you ever got to meet him, but my grandpa Jack, who Corlane's 1962, him and my right. grandmother, uh, my grandpa passed away a few years ago. My grandmother's still alive and she's taken a pretty big role in my kid's life great grandma which is pretty cool and my parents take my kids every Wednesday they, they live out in the country so they're getting that country yeah. vibe every or take my daughter my son's too young he's six months old but I still remember specifically and vividly grandpa or my grandparents taking my sister and I my, my grandpa loved to fish he was a hunter he hunted just about everything but his passion was fishing right and he'd pick up my sister and i and we'd go off to and i can remember some specific lakes that we'd go to and being out in his little tin boat catching fish and for him he always used and take this as as a tip and test it out yourself co-op brand canned corn as bait <clears throat> had to be co-op brand on proper legal fishing spots that's <laughs> exactly yeah not everywhere where it's acceptable <laughs> and i mean i i have heard stories of well corn doesn't break down in the water and so you shouldn't be using corn we could get into that but there's little things like that that i remember from my grandfather taking me out well i use corn in my chili and i can attest that it does not break down <laughs> yeah and, and then there were trips with where tracer he... i called <laughs> they make a comeback they make an appearance but uh, but those vivid memories, thirty five years later, co op corn, eh? yeah, yeah, of hunting mm. and fishing with him. I mean, we caught fish out in the Pine Pass. He had a cabin um, that's still in the family out out in the Pine Pass near Heart Lake, 
and we'd go and catch fish and we're back at the cabin with the fish sitting ready to process and we're inside washing up and stuff. And when I say a cabin, I mean a rustic trapper's cabin, not insulated, A-frame, plywood, tin. You uh, throw your foamy on the floor. We built some little two by four beds that you throw your foamy on kind of thing. But catching fish out there and having a black bear pop his head into the cabin while we're in there because we had these fish there. But just stories that stick with me 35 years later. Yeah, shucks. That that's what's all about. I think I yeah I I could sit here and tell you stories all day about you know things that me and my dad did too. It yeah, just tremendous. Not gonna lie, I'm still wondering now. Do you think we'll get a like a sponsorship out of the co-op can corn? Should <laughs> <laughs> help Good out that question. industry a little. Right? Co-op, co-op. <laughs> We'll be talking here shortly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll expect big things. That's Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming in today, taking the time to come in and sit with us. Is there anything else that you want to throw out there for our audience? And uh, and, and the last question I'm going to throw out there is, is when and where can we expect to watch some new episodes of Stardom Young? <clears throat> well, as far as what I can throw out there is just, yeah, don't hesitate to get... Uh, your young people, your families, um, just enjoy the outdoors. We, <clears throat> I don't think there's anywhere on the planet that the outdoors aren't special, in my opinion. But here in the north, it's like we have such a vast backyard. Um, we're so lucky. <clears throat> so yeah, just get out there. Don't uh, don't hesitate. <clears throat> get uh, get involved. Make sure your kids are having a good time. Don't uh, cheap out on gear either, in my opinion. <clears throat> the happier they are, the better time you're going to have. So make sure they're suited up and they got the Especially in colder weather. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, absolutely. I, re- I recall many times myself of the cold fingers, the cold toes, and the gears, the gears there. Well, I think that any time that we as adults say, you know what? I need a better pair of boots. I'm going hiking. Yep. Well, who's going with me? Well, what do their boots look like? Yeah. You know, it's it's cold outside. I need a better coat or better boots. Well, who's going with me? Yep. Right? What do okay. they got for coat and boots? All, all that stuff. And I, I think it's important because it's, it's going to be better for them. It's going to be better for you. And Yeah, shucks. You don't want to sour these young people. And the better time they have early on, then... They're going to want to keep going, and you're going to want them to keep going. Anybody that's spent time at all, you know, in, in the wilderness with a child, um, yeah, you guys will have stories too, experiences, things that you think about someday or just sitting at the at work or whatever, and that memory will pop in your head, and you'll start grinning. And, yeah. Yeah, who doesn't want to do that again? So if we want to keep that happening. you got to take care of them young people. And so... Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. Even if it costs you a few bucks, right? Like, yeah. just get out there. And this is Ed. Happen. He's my sales rep that was tipping over the, the geese last night with us that we hey, were talking Ed. about earlier. Yeah, well, yeah so, I heard, heard, heard you did some shooting. That's good. We did okay. Right on. So business is running as usual, and this is where our empty gun boxes are, so we, we got to keep things rolling downstairs too. So, <laughs> but, but, Mark, I uh, can't thank you enough for coming in, and I look forward to seeing the new episodes. I've, I've watched quite a few of your old ones, so let's uh, 
We look forward to some upcoming announcements. Right. So follow him on social media. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram. You bet. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to him a little about his posting on social media. Help him out if I can. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, like, we'll, here in short order, we'll be making sure everybody's aware of exactly where we're going to be airing. Um, yep. We're just dotting some I's and crossing some T's there. But <clears throat> not going to lie, pretty exciting stuff coming up. Um yeah. Excellent. Look forward to, and like I said again, if there's anybody out there that wants to be a part of what we're what we're doing, the message we're trying to drive, the the thing we're trying to build here and the help we're trying to do, um, reach yeah, out. Reach out and we'll we'd love to hear from you. And Is social media the best way for them to get a hold of you or do you want to throw an email out or how do you want people to reach out to you? <clears throat> yeah, probably social media is about the easiest. Yep. Um Anybody can private message me on our Facebook page, yep. Instagram, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yep. Um, yeah. Just give me a shout and we'll we'll figure something out. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in for Hunt Hard Talk Free. Um, you as a listeners, if there's anyone that you think would be a great guest that we need to have on, reach out to me on social media or and uh, let's make it happen. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me, Aaron. No problem. It was a pleasure. Yeah.